good afternoon. If you will, take your Bibles and turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. We'll begin in verse 25 uh, in just a moment. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 through 33 will be our, our main text. I appreciate the, uh, the privilege and honor to be able to speak to you this afternoon. Uh, however, uh, I'm not excited by the circumstances of Joel being sick, and I certainly want to remember to keep him and his family in our prayers and hope uh, that he is in for a very speedy recovery. And, um, but I, I do appreciate the opportunity uh, to speak to you this afternoon. Um, you know, many, many songs have been written about the subject of love, and respect. And we could probably say that some of those songs that were written from a, uh, from a uh, secular aspect were not necessarily songs that we need to go by when we talk about the subjects of love and respect. Sometimes when we look at the, the world's definitions of those two terms, love and respect, they're probably not necessarily the same way that a Christian should look at those terms. And so I want to talk to you this afternoon about the subject of love and respect. In Ephesians chapter 5, beginning in verse 25, and I'm reading from the New King James Version, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. And we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is the great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. You notice two terms that we've already began to talk about this evening, or this afternoon rather. I'm going to say this evening, so y'all might as well just get used to it, okay? Because I'm used to it being evening, right? And this is afternoon. Um, love and respect, those two terms are there in Ephesians chapter 5 when we're talking about the husband and his love and respect for his wife. And we see that we're, that Christ loved and respected his his bride, that is, the church. So we already have a wonderful example of love and respect from a biblical sense. There are some topics that are joined such that you cannot have one without the other. Faith and obedience are two sides of the same subject. In James chapter 2, verses 14 through 18, you can't really have faith without obedience, can you? In James chapter 2, beginning in verse 14, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? 
If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. In my estimation, love and respect are two terms that are almost inseparable when it comes to our relationship with God and our relationship with our brothers and sisters in Christ, with our spouse, and with our children. And that's what I want to talk about this afternoon. You can't really have obedience without faith. Notice, if you will, Romans chapter 4, beginning in verse 2. For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. We owe something to God that we can't pay back. We owe something to God and he has already made the purchase of us for our sins by sending his only son to die on the cruel cross for our sins. I think about often the blood of Jesus Christ and how powerful it truly is to think about just the sins of mine that it covers. But you multiply that times all the people who have lived and ever will live and there truly is power in the blood. Amen. It seems almost contradictory, but it is an important point. Faith motivates obedience, and obedience demonstrates faith. This is why the Israelites failed. They lacked belief and they lacked obedience. In Hebrews chapter 3, verses 18 and 19, and to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest? but to those who did not obey. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. You can't separate faith from obedience, can you? Nor can we really, if we really think about it, separate love from respect. I read a book once called Love and Respect. Can you truly love someone you don't respect? Or can you truly respect someone you don't love? Like faith and obedience, you can do one without the other, but it isn't the same, is it? It doesn't carry the same weight if you separate those two. It is a weak shadow of what it could be, what God wants it to be in our lives, that is of love and respect. Number one, love and respect between God and man is seen in God's word. Notice, if you will, in Matthew chapter 22, beginning in verse 37. It tells us the first and greatest command, commandment is to love God. In Matthew chapter 22, beginning in verse 36. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. 
our first commandment from God is that we love God with all our heart and with all our soul. Therefore, what comes next? We must respect God with all our heart and with all our soul. God demonstrated his love for us, didn't he? 1 John chapter 4, beginning in verse 9. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us that God has sent his son, only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. God loved us even before we were created. God loved us even when we're a sinner. God loves us even when we fall away. God doesn't walk away. We walk away. We must ultimately have love and respect for God. In other words, we receive God's love not because we earned it and not because it was owed to us, but because God loved us. That's why we receive it. Quite the opposite. As scripture tells us in Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God chose to love us. What was unlovable, and it causes us to be in love with God. We're in love with God because we, he has shown his love for us. But we're also commanded to respect God, aren't we? Not just to love God, but to respect God. You know, oftentimes when it's a, a political times in, the, in this country and, and people will make the statement, well, you know, that's not my president. You know, we, we learn to respect people because of the position sometimes that they hold, right? Uh, maybe you didn't vote for Joe Biden, and, and I'm not going to tell you if I did or didn't, but I, I think you could probably figure it out. But um, nonetheless, sometimes the office respects or demands respect, doesn't it? It doesn't matter if you're completely for that individual or their beliefs, but the office itself warrants respect. God deserves our respect. Not because of any of the things he did, although all of those things are wonderful, and that is definitely a reason for us to respect God. But God commands that we respect him. In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 28, we read, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Reverence. Respect. Sometimes in the religious world, some would say, well, uh, Reverend Joel. Well, no man is reverend. Only God is reverend. So God is deserving of our reverence and our respect. 
the Israelites believed they loved God, but God pointed out that they had no respect for him. Notice, if you will, in Malachi chapter 1 and verse 6, and we're going to go through several verses there in Malachi if you want to turn over there. Malachi chapter 1 and verse 6. A son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am the father, where is my honor? And if I am the master, where is my reverence, says the Lord of hosts, to you priests who despise my name, yet you say, in what way have we despised your name? They did not honor God by giving him respect in their worship. Notice if you will, verse 7 of Malachi chapter 1. You offered defiled food on my altar, but say, in what way have, you defiled, have we defiled you? By saying, the table of the Lord is contemptible. And then you offer the blind as a sacrifice. Is it not evil? And when you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it then to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you favorably, says the Lord of hosts? He's trying to make a point here. You bring me sacrifices of a, a lamb that's blind, not one that's whole, not one that's complete, not the best of your flock, but one that has an ailment and you're sacrificing something to me that doesn't even meet the sacrifice that God deserves. They didn't honor God by giving respect to him in their worship. And they didn't honor God by giving their best to him. They didn't sincerely listen to God. Notice, if you will, Malachi chapter 2 and verse 2. If you will not hear and if you will not take it to heart to give glory to my name, says the Lord of hosts, I will send a curse upon you and I will curse your blessings. Yes, I have cursed them already because you do not take it to heart. Does God demand things of us? He demands things because he can. We must love him and respect him. Eli's sons were corrupt. Eli didn't obey God to the fullest extent. And notice that his lack of honor caused God not to esteem him. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 29 and 30. Why do you kick at my sacrifice and my offering which I have commanded in my dwelling place and honor your sons more than me to make themselves yourselves fat with the blessings of all the offerings of Israel, my people? Therefore the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever, but now the Lord says, Far be it from me. For those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Secondly, love and respect between parents and their children. This is something that it seems pretty, pretty simple to us to understand that we need to respect our parents and we need to love our parents. But you know, when I was preparing this lesson, I came up with a, a little bit of difficulty. I was expecting to run into the fact that the Bible commands that we love our parents and that we respect our parents. We all know that children naturally love 
their parents. The closest I came was Matthew chapter 10 and verse 37, where we're told to love God more than our parents. But it never says we're to love our parents. Maybe it's something simple enough in the Bible to say we don't have to say that you love your parents because it's natural to do so. We can see lots of verses, though, that say we're to respect our parents. There are many, many verses commanding children to respect their parents. Perhaps this is because this is the difficult area that must be worked on as far as children are concerned. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 1, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Verse 2, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Now I understand when my parents said, I brought you into this world and I can take you out, right? Love and respect your parents. Honor them. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 2 and 3. Notice that it doesn't talk about honoring them if they are deserving. Honor is there because of the position God placed them in your life. And because of that position, we're to honor them. No matter how bad you might imagine them to be, they did not manage to raise just an okay child but a good child in you. We must respect and honor and love our parents. The glory of the sons is their father. Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 6. Children's children are the crown of old men and the glory of children is their father. We as parents are to love and respect our children as well. Titus chapter 2 and verse 4 says that they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children. We are to love our children. A sign of a decaying society is the lack of love for our children. Would you agree? Romans chapter 1 and verse 31 undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving. Who does that remind you of? Does it remind you of society today? You know, I had the opportunity to speak to uh, one of my coworkers on the way back from Columbus, Ohio, one, one time when we went on a, a work trip. And, um, you know, every time we would sit down for a meal, I would pray, and, you know, he would, he would allow me to do that, and he, he never said anything uh, about it, and on our way back home, as we got to Knoxville, we started a conversation about love and could you have love without God? That's pretty simple to us, right? Love is God, right? So, can you really have love without God? Well, no, you can't. Interesting conversation, though, for someone who doesn't believe in God, and they still think that they love. Love is of God and love is God. Children naturally want respect. They want respect from us. 
but respect is something that you have to be deserving of. Honor isn't received because it's claimed. Proverbs chapter 25 and verse 6 says, Do not exalt yourself in the presence of the king, and do not stand in the place of the great. You don't get, just get to say, well, um, I have a good reputation because I say I have a good reputation. You have to have a good reputation because your works and actions show that you have good reputation. We as children of God represent something bigger than ourselves. Where, where I work, we, we give a, a talk called Life in the Blue Suit, and we say you represent something bigger than yourself. And it's a very easy concept for me, the Christian, to understand because my papa used to always say, remember who you are. That's all he had to say. Remember who you are. You represent your family's name. You represent your mama and papa. You represent your parents. Ultimately, you represent the Lord. Remember who you are. Respect and love. Honor is given because of who the person is. Proverbs chapter 26 and verse 1, As snow in the summer and the rain in harvest, so honor is not fitting for a fool. Proverbs chapter 26 and verse 8, Like one who binds a stone in a sling is he who gives honor to a fool. To receive honor there has to be submission and humility on the other person's part. In Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 12, before destruction the heart of the mighty of the man is haughty and before honor is humility. We talked about in our class this morning the penitent man shall pass. I was talking about Indiana Jones and, and talking about uh, pride coming before the fall. Um, you know, if you've seen the Indiana Jones movies, he's, he's going through this in his head and he's think, trying to figure out the riddle of how to get through this obstacle course, if you will, to get to the treasure. And he keeps saying, the penitent man shall pass, the penitent, the penitent, the penitent man shall pass. And just in the nick of time when it hits his brain, he ducks. And what happens? Here comes the knife. So if he had not been penitent, if he had not bowed before the Lord, he would have been cut in two, wouldn't he? Sometimes our humility is necessary to show our love and respect for our children and for our children to show their love and respect for us. True honor comes because someone else recognizes you. Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 2, Let another man praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips. We can't be boastful and proud of ourselves. Our actions speak louder than words. How about our love and respect for our congregation, for one another? Young men are to be humble and subject to their elders. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 5. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders, yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud but gives peace to the humble. We humble ourselves before God. We're penitent before God because pride does come before the fall. 
submission because of their position. In Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 17, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. Do you ever think about how your actions may play to the leadership of the congregation at Saudi? And what things those elders may go through because of things and decisions that we make? The Bible says to those who must give account. They must give an account for the things that we do. Let them guide us. And let us with humility allow them to guide us. As long as they're never wavering from the word of God. And we have a wonderful blessing here at Saudi that we have a good, strong eldership who is sound in the word of God. Of course, the greatest commandment of Christ is for brethren to love one another. John chapter 13 and verse 34, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. As I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. We must also be submissive to one another. In Hebrews, I mean in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 21, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Putting the needs of others before yourself. Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Giving preference in honor. Romans chapter 12 and verse 10. And lastly, but certainly not least, love and respect between a husband and a wife. You know, we show, we, we show our children how to be a good husband or a good wife. We show our children how to be a good Christian. We show our children how to be submissive to those who rule over us. We give them love and respect and in turn expect love and respect from them. Husbands are to love their wives, Ephesians 5, 25, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. The word love comes from agape, which is a, a devoted love, a, a sacrificial love, if you will. It is the love that gives even when it is not returned. Love is given because it is the right thing to do, even if the wife is not a Christian or not being lovable at the moment, husbands are to respect their wives. Not only to love them, but respect them. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7. Husbands likewise dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of grace, of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. We as husbands are to love our wives, but our wives are supposed to love us also in return. Wives are to respect their husbands, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 33. Nevertheless, let each of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Mutual love and respect between the husband and the wife. It is a command, 
not a suggestion. It is not qualified to say only if he deserves it or earns it. Respect is given because of the position that a husband is placed in by God. Women are to glory. Women are the glory of man. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 7 through 9. For a man indeed ought not to cover his head, since he is the image of the glory of God, but women is the glory of man. For man is not from woman, but woman from man. Nor was man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. For this reason the woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. Nevertheless, neither is man independent of woman, nor woman independent of man in the Lord. For as women, as woman came from man, even so man also comes through woman. But all things are from God. We all came from God. A wife can win over a sinful husband by submission, by being chasteful, by respectful behavior. All of these can be seen in God's word. 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. This implies that respect is to be given even when the husband doesn't deserve it. A wife is to love her husband, Titus chapter 2, verse 4, that they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children. But yet, in the same token, the man is to love and respect his wife as well. Love and respect are not synonyms, but they are intertwined ideas, much like faith and obedience. It's very difficult to separate love and respect for one another. Whether it be in our relationship with our children, our children back to their parents, whether it be the husband and wife, whether it be the members of the church and the body of Christ, it's very difficult to separate out love and respect. Do you love God? Do you love him enough to be obedient? Do you love him enough to have a faith in God? We understand that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. One must hear the word of God, believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God, be buried in that watery grave of baptism, raised to walk in the newness of life. We hear the word of God. We believe the word of God. We confess with the mouth that He's the Son of God. We repent of our sins. Stop sinning on purpose. As Acts chapter 17 verse 30 says, For the time of ignorance, that is not knowing, is overlooked. But now commands every man everywhere to repent. That's all of mankind. If we are Christians, do we show our love and respect for God? Do we show our love and respect for our children, our parents, and one another? Do we show our love and respect for our elders at this congregation? For they are required for our actions. If you have a need to respond to the Lord's invitation this afternoon, whatever your need may be, we stand ready and willing to pray with you and for you to a God of heaven that will surely forgive you of your sins. We come forward as together we stand and as we sing.